Father, even now, we would give you praise, honor and glory for your presence, most of all, in this place. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace that has brought us to this point in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Father, now I pray that you would cause this word to be incredibly relevant to each and every hearer. Let them receive the strengthening substance of your holy word, that it might embolden us, equip us, encourage us, and enable us to be doers of all that you've called us to do with great success, oh God. I pray even, Father, that you would give me not only what to say, but how to say it, that I shall be both effective and efficient in delivering this, your word. Cause it to be a life-changing word, an encouraging word, that you, dear God, would be glorified in all that we do and say. I thank you for the prophetic word that's embedded in this word, that, Lord, you have specifically designed this word for that one right there. There is the answer. There is the solution. There is the way in and the way out. And Father, we do give you praise, honor, and glory. Come on, people of God, put those hands together and celebrate the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. I want to read in your hearing now the word of God. If you would turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 22 and for those that may have difficulty in finding the book of Genesis just go to the beginning of the Bible and the first one there that will be the Genesis of our experience <laughs> Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. And when you have that, as is our custom, won't you say, I have arrived. The word of the Lord begins and say, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt. Abraham and said unto him Abraham and he said behold here I am and he said take now thy son thine only son Isaac whom thou loveth and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of and Abraham rose up early in the morning 
and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and listen to this, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife. And they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his servant and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for an offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou feareth God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Verse 14. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. And the word of the Lord is so powerfully blessed. Won't you have your seats? My, my, my. As I read and studied the Word of God, I have to confess, I was immensely blessed with revelation, with understanding, and with great motivation to, to continue to serve God, even though I don't understand always, well, I don't always understand what God is up to. But because God said it, because God spoke it, I believe it, I receive it, I obey, and I go forth to do God's will. That is incredibly relevant. 
interesting thing about the Lord is that when God calls you to do something, or he tells you to go forth, or if he promises you something and sends you on your journey to accomplish what he called you to do, it appears to me God has a habit of seemingly not supplying you with everything that you're going to need for the journey. That means that there is an element of faith that we must live in. I want you to get this, saints of God. Get this, get this, get this. God speaks to you. He tells you that you're going to have a home, but you don't even have a bank account. He tells you that you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, or whatever. But no one in your family has encouraged you or even talked to you about going or finishing high school, let alone going into college. And you don't know anyone personally with the privilege of what you are pursuing, that they already have what you're pursuing. So it seems like sometimes God will send you unprepared. It seems like God will send you unprepared or that there's no way possible that you can have or receive what God says is for you. <laughs> Hear me, thanks God. It seems to me that it is the habit of God that he causes us to rely on this thing called faith. Those, the scripture says, those that receive God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But Lord, you told me to go to the mountain. Here's the wood. Here's my knife. And you're telling me to sacrifice my son, but that seems contrary to your word. So, Lord, what's up with that? There is history of this. You all remember David? David was going to whip Goliath, and he believed that it was God's will that he take on Goliath. But hear what I'm saying. Some will say, well, all he needed was a rock. No, he needed more than a rock to defeat and complete what God sent him to do to conquer and destroy Goliath. Now, y'all looking at me funny. What you talking about, Bishop? What, what you talking about? No, no, no. That's all he needed. No, that's not all he needed. Number one, he needed faith. He had faith. He needed rocks and a rock and the skill to throw the rock. He had that. But there was something that he did need but did not have to complete the task. He needed a sword, a knife, <laughs> to take off the head of Goliath. But God didn't give him a knife or a sword. So what I'm trying to tell you is God will give you a portion of what you need, but there will always be an element of faith that is required of you to complete your task. And so it was, uh, my God, I, I wish I could get one amen, one, one amen. And so it is that just because you don't have everything you think you need doesn't mean that God didn't call you to do it. At the appointed time, 
God will supply you with what you need. In the meantime, you keep walking by faith. In the meantime, you keep doing what God called you to do. And at the appointed time, yeah, hallelujah. See, there seems to be certain steps of advancement that we have to take to get to the designated place where God has the other thing or the other one that you will need to complete the task. I wish somebody understood what I was saying today. But God's got it. He has everything in place, everything planned. All you have to do is walk by faith. I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you, the people of God today, about courageous faith. <laughs> courageous faith. Come on and talk back to me this morning. Uh, you don't have to talk to your neighbor. Talk to, talk to me. Talk back to me and say courageous faith. Ah, yeah, for those that are watching online and have the ability, I know that some are on YouTube and some are on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, you can type into that line. Courageous faith. Hold up. Did he say crazy faith? No, I didn't say crazy faith. I said courageous faith. That is the element that may be missing in your life as to why you have not yet entered in to your promise, entered in to your blessing. <sighs> but if you walk in courageous faith, whew, am I talking right? Am I talking right? Listen to me. <sighs> the greatest things in life which we all, or the greatest thing, I'm talking about number uno, number one, the greatest thing in life which we all must have to accomplish anything of great value, anything of great significance, that one thing is faith. Faith without works is dead. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Ah. This is why God starts each and every one of us out with a portion or a measure of faith. Even a small baby has a portion or measure of faith. Ah, ah. Elder Eric I would think that when your little baby that you're holding now, when you wanted her to walk, she would stand there and you would hold your hands for her to come. And she had to have faith that you was going to catch her if she fell. She had to have that faith that when she got to you, you was going to take hold of her. All of us, God has given to us a measure of faith. In fact, Paul. The apostle alludes to this in Romans 12 and 3 when he pins these words to the people of God. He says, For I say, though the grace given unto me, or through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Come on, talk back to me. Say, soberly. Tell your neighbor, you've got to be sober. 
tell the other one, sober up. But to think soberly according as God hath, listen to this, hath dealt or given to every man the measure of faith. So we all have it, but the thing is we must develop that faith until it becomes great faith, even to courageous faith. Come on and say courageous faith. Courageous faith. I emphasize that word sober or soberly because it's so important. How we are supposed to act or respond in faith. We are to act and respond in faith soberly. The word literally comes from the Greek word E-I-S or E-I-S. That's how I pronounce it. I don't know how it's truly pronounced, but I'm going to call it E-I-S. E-I-S. And it has a very significant meaning. It refers to your actions with respect to place. Where are you? Place, time, and purpose. Come on and repeat after me. This is what, how we're to act or conduct ourselves soberly. In place, time, and purpose. In other words, at the appointed place, this is where God would have you to sacrifice. This is where God would have you to do this or to do that. But also, is it the right timing of God? Ah, is this the right time? It's not enough to have the right place. You've got to do a thing at the right time. And what you do must fulfill uh, or be in sync with the purpose of God. All right, you're in the right place. This is the time that God has designated. And this is now when you would fulfill the will of God as you walk in purpose. Am I talking right today? Now, I'm confident that if you were to take a survey of your greatest accomplishments, come on, get them in your mind. What is your greatest accomplishment? Or what are of your greatest accomplishments in life? Think of them, think of them. If you do this, I'm confident that you must confess that it was initiated by an act of faith. I'm not talking about getting up in the morning and going down to your car. That doesn't take great faith. It takes you stepping out of your bed, washing up yourself, getting your keys, dressing up, of course, and going to your car. It doesn't take a lot of faith, but it does take faith. You've got to believe that your car is going to be there. <laughs> You've got to believe that you still have the, the faculties to operate. I'm talking to somebody. So it does take faith. It also takes faith that when you step out of the bed, you're going to be able to mobilize yourself. It does take a measure of faith, but it doesn't take a whole lot of faith. But if you were to look at the greatest accomplishments that you have achieved, for a moment, think, what, what, is your, what is your or what is of your greatest accomplishment? And don't you dare say coming to church this morning. That's a great thing, but it didn't take a whole lot of effort. For some of us, it might have taken more than others, you know, because you had to fix that hair and do this and do that. And it may have been a great task. Oh, yeah, it may have been a great task. But you accomplished that task. But you must recognize that you 
uh, you have to confess that it was initiated, the greatest things that you accomplished, it was initiated by an act of faith. In other words, you had a great sense of excitement, uh, excitement coupled with caution. There was something or someone that told you, you can't do that. There was someone that didn't really want you to do that. There was some type of opposition or there was some type of tool or skill or something that you may not have. But don't worry about it, David. Just work with the rocks that you have. And when you need the knife, when you need the sword, God will provide for you in order that you will accomplish. God will put somebody in your life that knows what you don't know. God will cause somebody's heart to be moved to give into you what is required for you in the next step. He's a faithful God. He is a holy God. Am I, am I talking to... Abraham is listed in the hall of fame of the saints that are registered in Hebrews chapter 11. In fact, he is the fourth one who is listed. It doesn't mean that that's a measure of who had the greater or whatever, but he's listed. I don't know about you, but yeah, I, I want to do great things in the, in the Lord, but as long as my name is written in <laughs> the book of life, it, 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 I know it won't be number one. I don't believe it'll be number 10. But as long as my name is written in the book of life, hallelujah. And there, ah, let's see, Abel, Enoch, Noah, and then Abraham is listed in the Hall of Fame. But what you've got to understand also as you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it also includes many people whose names are not written. I don't know about you, but my name is there too. It reached down 2,000 generations and saw Joseph. Hallelujah. And it recorded my faith. You've got to walk in courageous faith to get the greater things or to obtain or accomplish the greater things. You all know that we're living in a day that it takes courageous faith. I mean, it seems like, and it's not just America, it seems like people all over the world have lost their minds. They're, they've gone crazy. Right is wrong. Wrong is right. It's crazy. But you've got to have courageous faith to stand on the word of God. And so I want to address the church this morning about courageous faith. That is what God is now requiring of you. Are you getting this, people of God? Hallelujah. Courageous faith. You heard God clearly. You know what he told you to do, Abraham. Take the son. Go to a place that I'm going to tell you when you get there. Isn't that something? He starts out by telling earlier, telling Abraham to rise and go to a place that I'm going to show you. Okay, so Lord, you got me out here. I'm, I'm wandering. I'm wandering and wondering where it is that you're sending me. Didn't give him all the facts, but that's where and the interesting thing that I really love about this is throughout the process, God has him enrolled in a process of growth. See, that's the wonderful thing about that. That's where you are. You're enrolled 
in a process of spiritual growth. And God is adding to you. God is equipping you. God is building you. And your faith is growing. You've got to move from little faith to great faith to courageous faith. And the great faith and the courageous faith are really synonymous because it takes courage to implement great faith. <sighs> Don't get silent on me now. Don't get silent on me. So you've heard, you heard God clearly, and you heard him what he said. He said, step out. He said, go forward. Abraham, start walking. Abraham talks to his men, gets the young men, and, and, and Abraham saddles, the Bible says, Abraham saddles his ass or his donkey. Now, I find this interesting because there are some places that God will send you that you can't trust somebody else to saddle your ass. I am not trying to be funny. But there are some things that you have to do to make sure it's done right. I know have to trust people, but there are some things you need to do yourself. There's some things that you cannot depend on others to do for you because I have to do it because I, be, I need to be sure that it's done right. You ever heard that saying? The Bible says that he saddled his ass himself, which was unusual because he had young men to do that. So they saddle and they start on their journey. Where you going, Abraham? I'm going to sacrifice my son. Oh, where's that? I don't know, somewhere. When? I don't know, one day. <laughs> but I believe God. He had the transportation, the donkey. He had what he believed was the sacrifice. He had the wood. He had the knife. And when he gets to the place, come on, you know the story. He found out that he really didn't have everything that he needed. But he's a man of faith. When his son says, Father, I see the wood. I see the fire. But where's the sacrifice? And Abraham, a man of courageous faith, great faith, says, God will provide for himself. Now watch this, watch this. Look at this faith before he even starts. When he gets to the place that the Bible says he saw afar off, he wasn't even there yet, the place that he was to sacrifice. He know God told him to sacrifice his son, but he also knows God, and he's obedient. He turns to the two young men, and what did he say? He says, myself and the lad will be back. Well, how are you going to do that if you're going to sacrifice? Myself and the lad will be back. He understood the character of God. He had enough faith. God didn't release him to do this until he had enough faith, until he had that courage that would say, you know what, I don't understand it, but God said it. I know the voice of God. It doesn't even feel right to me. I mean, it seems contrary to God's word. Why would God have me to sacrifice the son that he said, through this son, I'm going to bless you. Through this son, I'm going to bless him. Why would he tell No, 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 no. I know the voice of God. I heard God speak. I believe God. 
So he had that faith, and he continued on. But there was truly a missing component. Watch this, as I said before, as he's about to slay his son in obedience. The angel cries out, Abraham, Abraham, stop what you're doing. Now I see that you've grown to a point of obedience. You've grown to a point of trust. I never really wanted you to kill your son. It was just a test. Look at somebody say, it was just a test. Ah. And the Bible says, Abraham looked behind him and he saw that ram stuck in the thicket by his horns. Ha! Jehovah child. God will provide for himself. So see, it lets us know that we've got to operate in that courageous faith, knowing that God is always faithful to his word. How often is he faithful to his word? Always. Living in a day, saints. Hear me! This is important. We're living in a day that our faith must be courageous because people will oppose you. People will, will stare you down and want to stone you because of your beliefs. Because you telling them God said this and God said that. You telling them what God says in reference to what you're doing is sinful. It's a, who, who, I, who do you think? No, no, no. I heard the Lord. I read the word of the Lord. God implanted his word on my heart. They will stare you down and tell you you're crazy. So for you to accomplish what God has called you to do, it takes courage, courageous faith, courage. It really means, hear me, hear me, hear me, because I want you to understand and identify what courage really is. Because everything that we've been demonstrating is not necessarily courage. Some of it is foolishness. But you want to operate in courage. Courage is, it is to be alert to be strong, and to be, here's key, persistent. Alert, strong, and persistent. Alert, why? Because you've got to have your spiritual antenna up at all times to hear what the Spirit of the Lord. Can you imagine if Abraham was selective in what he would hear from God as some folk are? That spiritual antenna was up constantly. He knew what God told him, but he was always listening for the next move of God, for the next wave of God, for the next word from the Lord. And that word came, he, because, and he received it because he was alert. He was attentive to the things of God. People of God, we're living in a day that we have to be more attentive to the things of God like never before. What is God saying to me? What, what am I sensing from the Lord? I know what he said to me on yesterday, but what is he saying to me now? What does he want me to do now? What is my next move? You've got to be alert to hear what God is saying to you. And you've got to be strong. Come on and ask me why. Because some of the things that God will tell you to do, you don't want to do. You don't want to do. There are some things that you've been doing that is a sin or wrong, and God says stop that, but you don't want to hear that. Why? Because you like it. I like, 
I like the way she. You like it. I like going, as they used to say in, back in the day, to the picture show. I like doing this and I like, I, I like it. But God says, stop it. And some things, now if it's sinful, God don't want you to do it, period. But everything that God tells you to stop is not necessarily a sin for you. <laughs> but God will tell you, no, stop it now because he knows your habit. He, he knows your weight. He knows your character. He knows that every evening at 5 p.m. you have a glass of wine. But today you heard the Lord say, take no wine for your belly's sake. You heard him say it. And what you don't know is that you're over a friend's house. And they are, they are aware of your custom and your tradition. And they know that every evening at 5 o'clock, you require a taste of wine. And so today, they're ready for you. And they have something to spike your drink. God knows this beforehand. And because now, God will interrupt your habit. That is not necessarily a sin, but you know you heard God say, don't do this, don't go there, don't speak to that one today. Don't answer your phone today. But Lord, but Lord, the insurance company is supposed to, don't answer your phone today. But kneel and pray all day. Don't put a mouthful, don't pull a mouthful in your mouth. Because today, you've got to be sensitive to the word of God. And don't worry about how it's going, how it's going to turn out. Because if God is telling you to do something, it's a good thing. He knows what he's doing. He does. God don't need your permission to do a thing. And he doesn't have to tell you every detail of what he's up to. But because you heard him speak. Here's my knife. Here's my wood. I suppose this is my sacrifice. I'm going to proceed until God tells me something else to do. I tell you, I prophesy to you. If you receive this word today, you're going to be so tremendously, so tremendously blessed. Ah, you've got to be alert. You've got to be strong. And you've got to push, persistent, push even yourself. You know it's God. Push yourself. Talk to yourself and say, I've got to push myself. No, 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 come on, come on, come on. Tell you, I've got to push myself. You know you're right. You gotta push yourself. This is why both Moses, Moses, Moses. I encourage you to be an encourager, to encourage people that they might be courageous in their faith. Both Moses and God, because that's what it took, spoke into Joshua's life, telling him not only to be strong but to be a good courage. Didn't he do it? You find in the book of Numbers, you find throughout there that Moses was constantly telling Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Be courageous. Why? Because one day you're going to need this type of faith to do what God is calling you to do. 
And so in Joshua 1 and 9, the Bible there says, Have not I commanded thee? This is the Lord talking to him. But Moses had already talked to him continuously. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. He's right there with you. He knows what you're feeling. He knows what you're experiencing. But he's right there with you. Be courageous in your faith. Ah. Ah. Time is time is gone. Time is long gone. My God, I so want to share with you the word of God. But I really must stop now. I really want to go on. So next Sunday when we come back, we're going to deal with courageous faith. You're preaching next, next Sunday? You're preaching here next Sunday? You in Faith Center? Well, give the Lord praise. Mother Madeline's going to be preaching. So y'all going to have to wait an extra week. And so I speak to you prophetically. I pray that what we've received today is sufficient for where God wants to bring you. It is as if today, from the house God has spoken to you and said, go to that place that I will show you that you will sacrifice. And so you've started on your journey. The Lord has taken us to the journey. And afar off, he showed us the mountain. We're walking by faith. I speak to you prophetically. God has some awesome things for you to accomplish. There's someone that God has designated you to speak into their life. There's something awesome that is more awesome than anything you've ever done to this point. You've got to know that it's God. Respect time. Know where you are. My God, my God. And be persistent to pursue, to accomplish. Be in your spirit. And whithersoever you go, God is right there with you. Come on and give God a praise. He said, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Now, Father God, we've celebrated you this day in communion. We've confessed that we've received you in ourselves. And now, Father, you've already spoken to your people that which you've called us to do, and we believe you. Give us the strength to be tenacious and courageous, to do all that you called us to do, that, Lord, you would be glorified. Touch the lives of your people now, that they would not waver in what you called them to do. I caused the spirit of boldness to stand up within them without consideration of the fear factor. But they would walk in the power of the faith factor to do all that you called us to do. 
open our hearts and our minds, strengthen our bodies, Lord, that we shall do all that you uh, that you called us to do, uh, that you called us to do. My God, my God, and it shall be done. I'm looking into the future, and I'm seeing you take possession of what God has for you. I'm looking into your future and I can see you in that place called success. I'm looking into your future and I see you having conquered all of your fears and taken possession of the promise. And if you believe this is the word of God for you, don't hesitate. Don't stop. But give God praise in the sanctuary, right where you are, in your car, in your office, walking the street. Give God praise because I feel like things are about to get better. Things are about to change. I got a feeling that God is turning that situation around. If you believe it, don't wait till the battle is over. But give him praise. Give him praise. Give God praise. Right now. Right now. Right now. In fact, I dare you to be bold enough to conduct yourself. To act like you've already Accomplish the task. I dare you to give praise to God like you've already got the promise of God. I dare you to praise Him like it's already done. Come on, people of God. Give Him praise. Give Him glory. Give Him honor. Get excited about it. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Don't wait till the battle is over. But shout now. Shout now. Dance now. Praise now. Glorify his name right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. And Father, we do thank you for this word that you have designated for your people today. I thank you because we're going to walk in the faith of this word, walking and exhibiting courageous faith. Now strengthen your people to be doers of your word, not to falter in fear, but to be strong and of good courage because we know that wherever we are, you're right there with us. In Christ's name we pray. Come on and put those hands together.